This is The Drive with Josh Graham podcast. Tune into The Drive weekday afternoons 3 to 7 on Sports Hub Triad. All right, we'll hand out grades for the Panthers' win yesterday in our nation's capital. That's in about 15 minutes. The Panthers finish up at home Sunday in the same building our next guest will lead his football team into for the Dukes-Mayo Bowl Wednesday afternoon. It's, of course, the head coach of the Deeks, Dave Clawson, with us. Coach, the last time you played in this bowl, it was 2017. The bowl had a different sponsor, and you had to score 55 to beat Texas A&M. This week, Wisconsin's your opponent. So how many points are you expecting it might take this time around? I, I'm not sure if we'll get eight possessions against Wisconsin, so I, I, don't, I doubt we'll get 55, that's for sure, uh, especially considering they only give up 15 a game. So this, was, uh, this will be a much different game. It's a much different opponent. Uh, the style of football they play, uh, they snap the ball with very little time left on the clock. Uh, they lead the country in time of possession. Uh, so the the whole tempo and rhythm of this game will be a lot different, I expect. One of the things you said that stood out to me, based on what this football season has been, was after you guys played Clemson in the opener. I remember you saying that you were emotional when the ball kicked off because of everything it took just to get to that kickoff. It felt like a victory for you. Is That's what you said at the start of the year. What do you imagine you'll feel when you finish the job on the field in a bowl, finish your ninth game, knock on wood, Wednesday afternoon? Well, it's probably, a lot of it's probably going to have to do with the result. Um, I'm sure if we win the game, uh, it'll be a typical post-game winning a bowl, that it's just this unbelievable feeling of excitement and jubilation and achievement. And, you know, when you don't win that bowl game, I mean, it's extreme disappointment. That's the last time the 2020 team will be together. Um, and you really want to go out the right way. So, um, you know, I, I think in a lot of ways uh, the start of the season was different uh, because we didn't know we were going to play. And now that we're getting to the end, it feels more like a normal year that we've been able to finish every season here the last five years with a bowl game. Um, and the feeling of, of winning the Military Bowl or the Belk Bowl or the Birmingham Bowl uh, was a much better feeling than coming up short in the pinstripe ball. There was news this weekend, the Duke women's basketball program, they opted out of the season. They said their season's over, and I see some people up in arms about it, and I explained to a few of them, I don't think a lot of people realize what many student athletes are going through in the way of isolation. I know at Duke, for example, basketball players are allowed to be at two places, a hotel that they've reserved where they have meals catered to them, and also the basketball facility where they also do their schooling. So since August, they've been in just two places. I think in order for the audience to really appreciate what you guys have gone through this entire football season, give me a sense of what the lowest point looked like. Say at about this point last month, where you guys had maybe practiced gone without practicing for about two weeks coach what did that lowest point look like this year I mean it, it was very challenging because I think at those points you know the players start wondering is it worth it um, I never questioned whether it was worth it I thought the players were way better off here with us um, that we could practice football hopefully play football uh, but at least they had each other they at least had some semblance of socialization uh, within the football program 
one of the things that was really hard during the pandemic when the players weren't here is these guys were way more isolated at home. Um, a lot of them are lived in states that were completely shut down, that they weren't going outside. They, there was no weight room to go to. There was no place for them to work out. And I, I always believe they were better here with us, uh, at least most of them, than they were at home. Uh, but then you get to a point with the players when they stop feeling that way, uh, then it becomes challenging. And if the isolation of being here and only having the academics in the football, if they felt they were better off at home, that's when it becomes challenging. Um, and we hit a point there um, about 10 days, two weeks after the North Carolina game uh, that our team was probably close to the edge and there was a team meeting. And I think they all said, okay, are we even going to play again, and is it worth it? And the result of that meeting was for the majority of our players, not all of them, that, yes, let's finish this. We started it. Let's finish it. We're not quitting. And if you want to opt out, opt out. Um, you don't have to be here, but there's enough of us that do that let's finish this thing the right way. And I'm probably more proud of that moment in our football team than I am of any win or uh, on the field accomplishment is just their resolve and their commitment to each other to finish this thing. Dave Clawson with us, Wake Forest football coach. What I find interesting is none of this is in a coaching handbook. These are unprecedented times that we're living in. So as you're trying to figure out what's best for your team, who are you going to that you trust to try and, you know, bounce ideas off of and figure out what the right course is? Well, I, I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer. I think, uh, you know, every team is different. Every school is different. The protocols were different. Um, you know, one of my best mentors uh, is on my staff, Kevin Higgins, that uh, he was the head coach at Lehigh, and I was one of his assistants. And so for me to have a resource like that on my staff that I can just walk down the hallway, um, but there's other head coaches in the profession that I talk to that I really respect, uh, in terms of how they were handling things. Um, one of those guys was Bronco Mendenhall, uh, that Bronco and I would talk, you know, every week or 10 days about how we were managing different things. And uh, he was very helpful to me, and, and hopefully uh, I was somewhat helpful to him. How did you and the team spend Christmas, Dave? Uh, Josh, we, had, uh, we got up, we had breakfast, we had meetings, we had practice, we watched film. And I thought uh, it was more important to keep our players busy at Christmas. Uh, you know, if you give them the day off, they're just stuck in their hotel, apartment, whatever. And then they're saying, geez, we're missing Christmas with our family. Um, to me, it was more important that we keep them in a normal routine and keep them busy. And then afterwards, we had a really, really nice Christmas dinner with them. We went to our, our dining hall on campus um, that we call the pit. And so many of our the people that work in the pit were gave up their Christmas to serve our football team an incredible meal. You know, we had, you know, steak and potatoes and um, dessert, and it was just an awesome, awesome meal that I think our players really enjoyed. So um, it was uh, kind of a normal day with some upgrades. I feel like you're an expert to ask this question to. When it comes to Christmas music, do you favor – the old classic versions of songs or contemporary stuff like Mariah Carey or uh, Where Are You Christmas, Faith Hill, 
songs like that that are more recent? You know what? I'm I'm a little bit more of a, a Chris Rea, Michael Bublé, yes. James Taylor fan. I, I like uh, modern versions of of old classics. So you know, like the the Chris Rea coming home, uh, driving home for Christmas is a great tune. I played that for uh, Christmas Day with our team when we were doing stretch. Um, <laughs> you know, Michael Bublé, James Taylor are uh, those are probably my favorite Christmas music so i'm I'm somewhere living in both worlds there josh let's close with this dave claus of wake forest football coach with us i don't think we've ever talked about this subject but nationally speaking your program's been put on the map the last five years with the bachelor being called bachelor you and one week from today matt james one of your former players is going to be the bachelor has the bachelor become part of your recruiting pitch well, you know, those things are secretive, Josh. I can't, I can't let that out in the media. You know, so we do a lot of unique things here in recruiting that help us attract the best and brightest to Wake Forest. Um, you know, and, and I don't think it's an accident that uh, a guy like Matt James, who, who caught a few passes at Wake Forest, is now catching some passes on national television on a show. <laughs> are you going to watch the show? Um, I, I'm... I, I'm gonna. Ha- I have a hard time watching that show. Um, you know, my daughter will keep me updated what's going on, and maybe I'll watch some highlights. But uh, you know, I kind of find that show a little bit cringeworthy at times. <laughs> um, you know, so I just, I, 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 I don't. In, in, you know, I know it's very popular and and all that, and and certainly it's it's neat to have Matt on there. But boy, I could I could never do that. Wednesday afternoon, Duke's Mayo Bowl. We look forward to watching it. Thank you so much for spending the time as always. Okay, thanks, Josh. You got it. That's Dave Clawson, Wake Forest football coach. Robert, it does seem like to me that's something you got to capitalize on if you're Coach Clawson. If you get invited on to Bachelor, that's, that's cross-promotion, man. They expect you to be on the national sports shows, but how many coaches will be invited to be on The Bachelor? I don't feel like he would follow their script, though. Like, the producers would try to get him to do something, and he would just shut it down. Yeah, coaches can be uh, people that seek control at all points. So I don't know how well he would do with producers directing you in such a way. But if you're Wake Forest, I'm embracing Bachelor U. I I see some people already saying, Sam Hartman, you'll look at the Instagram post with him. That's a guy that's going to be on the Bachelor say, in five years or so. Because you got Tyler Cameron, you got Matt James, at least we're claiming Tyler Cameron. Then you got Matt James, who played with the Deeks, went to Wake Forest Roseville High School in the city of Wake Forest. He's a North Carolina guy, true and true. I feel like this season of The Bachelor is the moment this show was born for. Right? Like, this show was prepared, more prepared than any show in America to cover this Bachelor season the way it deserves to be covered. Guy from my hometown, North Carolina guy who played at Wake Forest, is The Bachelor. All these seasons of The Bachelorette Minute and The Bachelor Minute have led to this moment, Robert. I hope you're ready for it. I don't think I am. Get ready one week from the dang Matt James season of The Bachelor. All right, coming up, 
a sports opinion I know I'm not supposed to have, and letter grades A through F for the Panthers' win in D.C. You are on a Monday drive.